In this episode of the hashtag CJUSD Chats podcast, you will have Jamal and special guest co-hosts Tiffany Hampton and Dr. Wendy Moore speaking with two of our CJUSD parents on the topic of parent involvement. Hello and welcome chat listeners. We have an exciting show for you. This episode, my normal co-hosts Lynette and Nairi have both abandoned me. But so you know what I did? I got some better co-hosts. Yes, I said it. Better. And today I have with me the lovely and exuberant Tiffany Hampton. Ooh. Right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Who all she does is win <laughs> awards. <laughs> And we also have with us the lovely and talented Dr. Wendy Moore, who I sometimes refer to as Wonder Wendy, because it seems like she is constantly taking down large villainous projects, even without her golden lasso. I think I made up villainous, but it sounded smooth, so we're going to keep that in there. All right, so welcome, ladies. Hi, hi, how are hi. You? I don't want hi, I want hey. So. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right, but. Can you both introduce yourselves, including your title and your guests you have brought with you? And then we'll, I guess we'll just start with you first, Tiffany. Hi, well, my name is Tiffany Hampton, and I'm the proud principal of Slover Mountain High School, where you can't spell Slover without love. And today with me, I have the amazing APAC parent, Vicki Davis. Vicki Davis. She's running late, y'all, but she'll be here. And next, Wendy, can you introduce yourself and your lovely guests? Yes, of course. My name is Wendy Moore, and I have the privilege of serving as the Director of Language Support Services. And I have my very special guest with me, Claudia Viegas, and she is a parent at Ruth Grimes Elementary School. Hello, Claudia. Hello. Hello. All right, so now let's go into more about the guest. And before we get into the interview, let's just see where you stand on some important issues. Uh, and this will determine whether we proceed with the podcast or not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, Claudia, what is your go-to Starbucks order? Uh, latte. My go-to is just a plain latte. Uh, no sugar, no nothing, just latte. Very vanilla. Okay. I like that. <laughs> very vanilla with no vanilla. No vanilla. Not my choice, though. <laughs> Understood. All right, let's go to you, Dr. Moore. Um, I am a soy chai latte with no water because I like it. That oh, sounds fancy. I know. <laughs> well, she gets yeah. fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's hit up Miss Hampton. It's what I have with me today. Yes. It would be a Trenta mm-hmm. pink drink. So it has mm-hmm. a little bit of strawberry, a sigh. It has a little bit of coconut milk. It looks very sweet. It's smooth. Uh, okay. Is That's it sweet? Good. It is sweet. Sweet and sweet. Yeah. Perfect combination. Just like myself. Just like okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Look at all the eye rolls in the room. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. Chunky or smooth peanut butter? I added this one. I was tired of the peanut pineapple pizza. So what's your preference? Chunky, chunky or smooth peanut butter? Claudia. I would say chunky. Yes. Because I like the bits of Yes, the crunch. Mm-hmm. You are my best bud right now. Let's go to Wendy, aka Dr. Moore. I like both. <sighs> yeah. I, like both. I can't, can't discriminate. Like I love peanut butter, so <laughs> any kind of peanut butter. Uh, 
All right, let's get a solid answer. Let's go to Miss Hampton. Give me the smooth skippy. <sighs> smooth skippy. We will be officially kicking somebody off the <laughs> Now we're down to two. <laughs> no chunky. I'm a texture person, so I need the smooth. I do not like bits and pieces. Of anything in anywhere. Just, <laughs> just smooth. What's your favorite thing to eat? A Ritz cracker. Oh, yeah, that's oh. pretty good. Or celery. Or PBJ. <laughs> Not crust. Well, apple's pretty good. Yes. All right. Thank you, ladies, for playing this game. So now we'll transition to. Well, thank you, ladies, for playing this icebreaker. Ice so now let's hear from our guests. We'll start with Claudia. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Claudia Villegas. I am the parent of four children. Um, all of them have been in the Fulton Unified School District. I currently have a sixth grader at Ruth Grimes and an eighth grader here at Jobuck. Okay, that's very good. Okay, let's get into the meat of the subject. How did you both begin getting involved with the activities or committees within CJUSD? And we'll start with you, Claudia. Um, for me, was when my youngest daughter started. My youngest daughter started in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be present within the school, mm -hmm. and it was important for me to see, for her to see me there, mm -hmm. helping out and everything. Because I remember when I was little, seeing the kids' parents coming, and my parents were never there. So I thought that that would be good for them. So that was one of the things that pulled me and started me to begin helping out and volunteering at the school. And as a result, did you think it did make an impact with your kids? Yes, your I do, because um, they love seeing me at the school. Mm -hmm. And even now with my older, well, they're in sixth grade and eighth grade, um, I ask them still, is it okay if I'm there? Like, yeah. if you see me? And they're like, yes, we want to. Sell. And when I don't show up, then they're like, where were you? How come uh -huh. you weren't here? So I really like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so let's see. Do you feel supported and empowered by the district? I would say most of the time, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. Elaborate. Um, I feel like as a parent, there are a lot of things that come to you from the district. Uh, and if you show up, then yes, they help you. If you show up, then if you're at the meetings and you hear all this stuff, but what if you don't go? Mm -hmm. So like in the last couple of years, I haven't been able to help as much as I've in the past. So I feel that in a way I'm being left behind, if that makes sense, because I'm not as present, but not because I don't want to be, but because I can't be. So if you're there at the district, I think that there are a lot of different resources and different things that they have available for you. And I do feel empowered and I do feel like I'm supported by them. But if you're if you're not able to be there as much, then what happens? You know, then that's where it makes it hard because if, um, at least at my site, you do hear the different invitations, but it's a little bit more focused to what's going on at the actual school. Mm -hmm. So if your time is a little divided, then it's like, you know, what, it's not as, you know, you don't get as much. I, I think you bring up a good point that there are several parents that have students at different levels. And so they can't be in two places at the same time. Correct. And so how do we communicate or bring how do we bring parents in and how do we communicate that if they're working, if they have outside activities, if they have children in several places, if they just can't be there, they want to be 
a participant in their child's education, but they're just not able to physically. How do we communicate that out? And how do we make sure we bring them to the table um, so that they have a voice? Question. Um, I don't know if I have an answer to that, to be honest. How do you know, how do you pull? Because I, I have a, I do, a, I try to do stuff at Grimes and, you know, pool parents and throughout the years, I mean, you get parents that are there that are very active and then that they want, you know, they branch out into the district stuff. And then some parents um, stay with the district stuff and then mm -hmm. don't necessarily come and help as much at the school. So it is kind of like tough. So I don't know how, I, I honestly don't know how else, how to answer that as far as getting that parent involvement. I think that was a unique place that you found yourself in, right? Because we had, um, at Grimes, we didn't have a PTA or a booster, so we started a super parents club, right? Which basically was parents who want to be involved, but they're not handling, handling any of the fundraising or anything like that. And Claudia was our lead um, parent for that mm -hmm. group, and so she would try. Uh, but at the beginning, she had a really good response, right? And then, just as you described, there were there were times when... She came to me and said, you know, I don't know if this is <laughs> something we can still do because the parents are just not responding. And she was trying everything. And she had reminds, she had text messages going, she was out in front of the school advertising, they had a table. And so there was, I know that there was a time when we struggled coming back from um, school closure, yeah, for, to get parents involved again. And so from that high point, do you think there was something missing that would, keep them there or they just just naturally just like i think it was a combination of the situation of every parent mm -hmm. because like we mentioned you know you start like for me i started with just having my two girls who were in elementary so i had all this time and i had Focus, all this energy yeah. that yeah that i can put into helping and i would i would at that time i would go to the district meetings or i would go to DLEC, or i would try to like the um my kids are in dual immersion, so I would go to the dual immersion district meetings. I was very active. Then I started having more kids, and I needed a little bit. <laughs> so the key is that's that's one one too. I started too. <laughs> so, so it kind of like divides, you know, like we're saying, yeah. it divides your attention. Yeah. So then it's like having to balance. Where am I going to go? That was my situation, but I know that other parents maybe they started working again for whatever reason. And there is a couple of parents that I know that were very active, and now they're working because things change you know the years go by and yeah. now you've got other things that you're trying to balance and so it, it's just like I don't, it's just trying to find a balance as a parent right where can I help where can I do the best work mm -hmm. make the most impact not mm -hmm. just on at your school site but you know everywhere and then how can I be present and engaged uh, you mentioned several meetings so how do you select which one probably is more impactful because like you slated a bunch and me as a parent i'm like like you say you're stretched so many ways if you have multiple kids even if you have one that's a lot of meetings so how do you how did you yourself um determine which one was best for you um and maybe because that would help us how to i guess even market or promote to parents who yeah you can't go to all these but at least come to this one because you'll probably get the most meat out of this one so how did you determine that um for some meetings, it was just convenience because mm -hmm. it was the time that I was free, right? Mm -hmm. That I was able to just go. There were for me, I, didn't, I wasn't working at the time, so if it was in the morning, it was better because I did. Everyone had a plate was at a school or something, so it was easier to come. Mm -hmm. And then, if there was an afternoon meeting, if they had childcare, that also made a big impact.
because sometimes, you know, you have two little ones and you're trying, how are you going to listen? And then I felt like I'm going to be disrupting everybody if my little ones call, you know, so that would also play in. And then as far as like the district meetings, if I'm, I'm being honest, it was just, what are the topics? What are they going to talk yeah. about yeah. this time? And if it was something that I thought that would help me mm-hmm. as a parent to help my kids, then I would go. And if it was something that, for me, anything that had to do with like what was happening in the schools, what they would be encountering, how can I help them better get you know farther along in their education? It was just that's how I prioritized. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, you can't go to everything. So what is what was available? What was going to help me? And then there was some that I just was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I've never I've never had them talk about that. So mm-hmm. um, that's how I would make the decisions as far as like if I could go or not or what what I would go to. Um, since we have, well, one current principal and a former principal, can you guys also just share from the other lens how parent involvement like impacted you guys in your leading of the schools? And we can start with Tiffany since her mouth is open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I must be honest, I feel that at the secondary level, that's where you get the least parent involvement, at least showing up. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say that they're not involved, but at least showing up to the school side. I think they put a lot of the onus on the student mm-hmm. and they feel like the school knows what they're supposed to do with my child. So I trust mm-hmm. my my child at the school and what those educators and staff members are doing for my students. But I have seen a big um, increase in the participation on social media. Mm -hmm. So parents are responding, parents are writing, um, they're communicating that way, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, With emails, they communicate that way, but they're showing up when their child is being celebrated. Yes. That's when you see it. I think all parents want to see their child being celebrated um, in some form or fashion, whether that's, I know you're perfect attendance, eh. But, you know, getting the good grades or some kind of improvement yeah. or testing or something to that um, that degree. So I think at least having those celebrations on campus or having those, those talks like you're talking about when you're having important conversations about things that are going to impact my child, whether mm. that's on campus or um, what lies ahead for them in the future, I think that's where we get um, our biggest bang for our buck. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, I think at the elementary level, obviously, you have parents that are more willing to be involved um, and to help out. So I think it's just a matter of offering different opportunities. So what we did when we started the Super Parent Group is we made it so if you were cleared and you were able to come and help in the classroom, then you can do that. Too. Mm-hmm. Or if you couldn't, but you still wanted to be involved and be a, a, you know be supportive, then there's projects that you could take home and work on. Mm-hmm. And so just making it easy for the parents to be involved, that's one. And I feel like it changed our 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 culture of our school when we started inviting the parents to be more involved at one, I know that the parents were a lot more informed of like how things functioned in the school. Yeah. So when we invited them for like ELAC and school site council, they had feedback on how we could improve our school because they were part of it. And they had a different lens than the parents who just drop off at the gate because then they could say, Hey, you know what? At recess time, maybe you can consider this or, at, you know, mm-hmm. they had a different lens than the, than the teachers and yeah. staff had. Um, and they were all very valuable ideas that we incorporated into what we did at our school. So I think it definitely changed. And the students seeing their people, you know, their either their parents or their friends' parents, yeah. it also changes. They're just more adults. You're yeah. creating a more caring environment. 
Um, so I just felt like it's, it was a win-win across the board when we had a, those years where we had a good number of parents regularly involved in a lot of different ways. We even had one year where we had room parents because we had so many <laughs> parents involved. So that was really you said room parents. Mm -hmm. Like they were assigned oh, to wow. each room. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they would check in with the teacher and just say, Hey, is there anything I could work on this yeah. week? Uh, and then, you know, wow. so the support that the teachers felt, it also helped them to have a better relationship with them. That's with families. So, um, just speaking on parent input, do you feel that your input is uh, being heard or, or listened by the district or the site when you provide input in whether those community, any of those communities or whatnot, Claudia? I do. I do feel. Hold on. Let's bring in a wonderful Vicki Davis. Hi. Hello, Vicki. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Vicki. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm a community organizer. And I think for the sake of this podcast, the most important thing about me is that I'm a parent of a student here in Colton Joint Unified School District. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Can you share what school and what grade your child is in? She is in Ruth Grimes Elementary okay. and she is in the fifth grade. Okay. All right. So, um, how about you tell us how you got involved or became more involved as a parent within uh, CJUSD? Oh, long story. Um, so I actually have had um, two of my own um, daughters enrolled in Colton Joint Unified since um, kindergarten. Mm -hmm. um, and then a niece of mine also was enrolled in Colton Joint. And um, the biggest appeal that I would say that brought me to want my children to be in Colton mm -hmm. was the dual dual immersion program okay. um, because I think it's a very important skill for the kids to have to be able to speak you know um, Spanish mm -hmm. and so um, this was the district that offered that and so this is where mm -hmm. we came um, but as time went on you know I already had a lot going on kind of in the community I do an event at Rialto City Park called Black on the Block Young Entrepreneurs Expo. And this is the wow. fifth year anniversary of that event. Um, aside from that, um, I'm CFO of an, of an organization in Redlands called Stronger Together Now. We're actually founded in Rialto, but we do a lot of culturally, um, culturally significant events in the city of Redlands, mm -hmm. um, similar to what I brought, brought to Rialto with Black on the Block. And just over the course of, you know, the kids going to school, um, just being at the meetings, asking questions, meeting people, shaking people's hands, because education is very, very valuable, like very important in my family. Yeah. Um, and so it just was natural that mm -hmm. I would want to be involved mm -hmm. in, you know, knowing who the administrators are, who the teachers are, what programs were to offer. Um, so I'm just really appreciative that you guys felt like I was a valuable, you know, parent yeah. in the district yeah. to invite me to this table to be able to talk to you guys about I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we're just exactly going with what the you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Parent involvement. Yeah, but I'm yeah. excited to talk about it. And one thing that Dr. Moore always brought to Ruth Grimes that I really appreciated was just that really like family environment. Mm -hmm. um, when I was, when I, I grew up in Rialto, I went to Morris Elementary and um, something that, you know, I always talk about that inspires me to want to be closer with the people in my community, whether it's at the school, the grocery store, wherever, is that sense of community that I had growing mm -hmm. up. Yeah. It was like my parents were in charge of the neighborhood block party. Oh, wow. You okay. know, so we had like scavenger hunts where you knock on the neighbor's door like, hello, do you have any Q-tips? <laughs> 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 and we had like street closures and popcorn and people would cook. And so community 
family, education, those things are just a part of who I am and mm-hmm. how I grew up. And and I want to make sure that those things are a part of my kids. And mm-hmm. so that is why I seek out spaces like this one so that my kids can be able to see me be That's in those good. spaces. And also so that I can have a voice in those spaces yes. and yeah. the things that affect my children and yes. throughout their educational career. So that's i think that's the gist of why and how i mm-hmm. became such an involved that was a great gist well thank you yeah. <laughs> it was a lot to condense yeah. down but <laughs> that was but, awesome but so like the purpose of you guys being here and the purpose of the podcast is to hear voices um and you guys being parents and we we asked claudia earlier do you feel your voice is valid do you feel your voice is being heard within cjusd and do you feel you're being supported as a parent, um, as you're being active in the committees and whatnot. So, and and we want true, honest feedback because, yeah. To be honest, the last meeting that I went to um, was, um, was like the school district. I'm not sure like what meeting that was where I met um, Dr. Lucero and Paul, Paul, yes. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, heard like all the things that are being offered, especially I wanted to be there because I knew that the higher education pathways were going to be talked about. Mm -hmm. And um, something that is near and dear to my heart is equity for African-American students Mm -hmm. within our school district. Mm -hmm. And I think that surveys, test scores, attendance, disciplinary action, all of those things reveal that our African-American students do need additional yes. support and targeted yes. efforts within our school districts. Yes. And that's why I wanted to be at that meeting okay. because um, we're offering a youth empowerment program through my um, nonprofit organization where we are going to be covering the fees for dual enrollment for students mm-hmm. to do classes at Valley College. Oh. But with the undertone of like make of cultural significance, right? Because dual enrollment pathways already do exist. Mm-hmm. That's something that the school district, you know, has made sure of and we're appreciative of. Mm-hmm. But as a therapist, I can't help but um, bring to the forefront how I know that interventions that are culturally based have um, a greater resonance they resonate more, you know, with when they're presented to people mm-hmm. and when they're presented to students. Mm-hmm. And so um, this youth empowerment program is specifically targeting um, African-American students, open to all, inclusive, Correct. of course, but with that, with the undertone of knowing that, you know, we experience higher disciplinary action, we experience poor attendance, we experience, you know, all of these things that kind of work together to maybe um, make it that much more difficult for our students and families to be aware of the pathways that already exist Mm -hmm. in the district Mm -hmm. for them to pursue higher education. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I forgot where I was going with this. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, what I hear you saying is you're talking about awareness. Yes. Knowing the communication piece that, Maybe our parents in the district, maybe our students in the district don't know all the offerings they have available to them once they leave high school or while they're in high school and trying to, you know, make their way through. So I I hear awareness coming out with both of you saying that we need to communicate more often um, to our parents and to our community and to our students exactly what they have afforded to them in the district. 
I was just going to say, you actually you, uh, spoke to what Claudia said before you even got here, which was, yes, there is a lot of support, but it's if you're at the meeting. So the meeting you're referring to is DPAC, and you, I remember you messaging saying, oh my gosh, this, this information is amazing. It's there, right? The resources are there, but it's a matter of how are we getting that um, into the, to the parents' hands. Yeah, and I think that um, we might need to consider a bit more of a grassroots approach in delivering or disseminating that information because we have the meetings. Mm -hmm. And I heard that the last meeting was like the largest ever, the one where celebration, celebration of celebration. students, like 300 students, huge. right? Yeah. But how do we maintain this? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because we are asking them to come to us all the time as, you know, brick and mortars. You know, we operate out of the school or we operate out of the district. But I think historically, the movements that we've seen um, be impactful for um, at a cultural level have happened like in the living rooms, at the yes, kitchen tables, yes. you know, at the playground. Yes. At, the places where the people already are. Mm -hmm. And so that is, you know, something that I definitely would champion and maybe encourage. Like, how can we get more? Like, I, I think I read a, I'm not sure, I read a book before. There was a, a term called comadres. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard of that this yeah. before, right? So these are like the, the people who are the bridge, you know, between um, what, you know, the school has to offer and what the parents need. Mm -hmm. And they're like kind of telling, you know, interpreting in a sense, right. like with the cultural lens right. and making sure that the connection is made. And so I think we need more of that, not, you know, just in the African-American community, but, you know, cultural sensitivity all around mm -hmm. because that's the vein of who people are. Mm -hmm. So if we want to really affect like the life trajectory of where they're going, then we have to meet them where they're at and where they're at is not necessarily in the auditorium. Absolutely. Yeah, you touched on several points now. I probably will come back. I will come back to several points, but I also just want to bring Claudia back in. Just as far as, as a parent, what are you looking for the district to provide to your kids? Is it safety? Is it a career path, education? What are the, the qualities or, or characteristics you want the district to provide? to your children? Like, what is your goal? And then we'll go to Vicky next. I'm looking for a school district that has different opportunities for my kids to excel. Mm -hmm. um, like, I really like the dual immersion program because it gives them the opportunity to be, bi not just bilingual, because I speak Spanish, mm -hmm. but I knew that I was not going to be able to teach them how to read and write properly. Yeah. So the district offers that, and I really like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm looking for there to be something clear, like a clear path that they can take. Right. Um, I'm also, in, I don't belong to, I don't know if I can say that, but I don't belong to a Colton Unified school district. I belong mm -hmm. to a different school district. Mm -hmm. And I sought out Colton Unified because in the area, it was the only school that had the dual immersion at the time. Yeah. My daughter's already 21. So mm -hmm. my daughter's first generation dual immersion Colton Unified. Okay. So I sought that out because I thought it was important. Mm -hmm. So for there to be something that's clear cut, okay, this is what we have for you. I I really like that about Colton Unified, mm -hmm. different pathways and everything, you know. But um, I knew. No, that's my train. <laughs> Sorry, but no, I'm just I, I I sought out Colton Unified because I knew that there was opportunities that there weren't somewhere else. 
That's mm-hmm. good. And I wanted to wanted to be able to provide that for my kids. That's so good. I'm looking for somewhere where they can get the best education. Um, I personally like the parent involvement because I want to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I like that it is, if you want it, you're able to go and it's very, here it is. Like at Grimes, it was always very transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what it is. You, you didn't have to like be questioning or anything like that, but you had to show up. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like I hear, you know, in the playground or not a playground, but outside of the school, the parents are like, well, what about this? Why don't they, you know, why don't they put shades in? Why don't they do different things at the school? And it's like, or where are they spending all the money? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, come to the meetings and find yeah, exactly. out. Exactly. You know, and then they're like, no, it's too. They always have different reasons why they can't come. Correct. But as a parent, I like that. I like that I can show up and that I can be. They they'll be transparent with me and tell me whatever what's happening, what's going on. And I mm-hmm. think the district to certain degrees that way too. I know that if I go to like the um, DPAT, mm-hmm. the different meetings at at the district level that. Um, if I ask Alejandra or, you know, whoever's reading, that they'll be honest with me and tell mm-hmm. me what, what it is. What's what. That's good. All right. Now on to you. So, so what are you? I, I like, I, I appreciate that too. And I like that. I feel that if I present something mm-hmm. and it's organized and it makes sense, then it would be considered. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and I'm thankful for that. And it's even elicited like after COVID, um, I remember being in a meeting that was still over Zoom and they were like, you know, we did a lot of changes over COVID and um, we were just wondering if there were any things that you guys saw that you want us to do more of or we didn't you know, think about now that we're back in person. And one of the things that I mentioned was the clubs, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. they developed over COVID. Like they were awesome. Mm-hmm. We had cooking and art and all of these different ways to keep the students involved yeah. they were all virtual clubs mm-hmm. and in some of those club meetings like there was over 100 students cooking wow. you know making wow. cookies together wow. and showing each other their you know, treats and stuff so i really appreciate that um, about ruth grimes one thing that i am always looking for for my kids is um, empowerment Mm-hmm. I want my kids to feel encouraged and capable and um, appreciated and valued for the things that they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I want them to like have awesome books and want the classrooms to be safe. Yeah. And, I want, and I might be speaking a little bit out of privilege by saying that I expect this. Yeah, that's not. Those are those are like the bare necessities. Yes, absolutely. Those are the things that should come without question, right? Right, right. Yes. But I remember when I was in elementary school, there was a woman who would come and do like empowerment um, talks with us, and her name was Miss Jackson, Mm. and she would like jump on the table and she would be dancing and she was like learning. It's fun and she would be like doing all this stuff. And then even when I got to middle school, like. Some of my teachers were from HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Um, one was a captain. He was on there with the cane, like spinning, um, dipping. Like it was so encouraging yeah, to yeah. see people who I identified with hold those roles Correct. and still have like the connection with Correct. me that I had with my family when I left the campus. Like, mm-hmm. The silliness, the mm-hmm. songs, mm-hmm. the the I'll see you okay you know the head nods yeah, you know yeah, yeah. all of those type of things and so I look for that for my kids because 
I want them to feel nurtured when they're Correct. at school and when they're mm-hmm. with me. I'm a mom and I want number one for them to have love and nurtured, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm looking for that space for them in the classroom, on the playground, everywhere. You're speaking my language. Yeah. This is, <laughs> yes, I think love and nurture is exactly, it's not just about the content. It's not. They can't get to the content unless they feel feel like they are valued and loved and nurtured and when that's there when they have that support it makes them feel as if they can't and i think that was that's very important very important i think children need to feel valued need to feel heard so with that do you feel your child is heard at school in the district if they were to speak if they're with their teachers can they speak up are they listened to? We'll start with Vicky. I have some really like outspoken. Kids. <laughs> 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 so I think they demand <laughs> Dr. Ward, no. I think they they put their foot down to be heard, you know? Um but I will say that um you know so there are it's, there are there are some things that um, they are looked to to be heard on that I don't necessarily think they should be the that authority. On, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like for example, my daughter right now in the fifth grade, she's the only African American student in her classroom, and so the teacher approached her and said, "Hey, can you do a PowerPoint for us for Black History?" <laughs> So I'm like, oh, well, uh, and she's excited about it. I'm encouraging it. But at the same time, like, let's go ahead and hire somebody to come in and, you know, do something spectacular Mm -hmm. for that, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, just so that it can be, you know, professional and coherent Mm -hmm. and organized beyond what a fifth grader Mm -hmm. would be, you know. Um, So, yeah, I definitely feel like they're heard. I think um, they're. They're um, looked to a lot to be the authority on some things, but, you know, somebody's the one usually. Somebody's the one. So I'm thankful that I think that they are also equipped with, like, um, just the communication skills that they need to say, like, "Mm, not this time, or I'm uncomfortable, or thank you, I would love the opportunity. This little one that I'm talking about, she's she's thrilled. Like, she's (laughs) showing. She she likes to be on the stage, so Mm -hmm. she's pumped, but, you know. Um, my older one, not so much. She was a little more like to herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I, 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 I have had good experiences with, um, with my, my teachers um, in Colton and even teachers that went above and beyond um, to recognize and notice things about my girls. Um, with my older one, um, her teacher, you know, they were in, I think she was in fourth grade for just a, a month or so, and the teacher was like, Miss Davis, I think we should test her, and she's we need to skip her a grade. And so I really appreciate that attention to like the work that she was turning, the conversation that she was able to have, because it really was a catapult for something awesome for her in mm-hmm. the future. That's good. So yeah, I, I would say they're doing a good job. I appreciate it. How about you, Claudia? You feel your kids' voices are being heard? Um. I think it has a lot to do with the personality of the child mm-hmm. because I have um, both some that are very quiet. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's not that they're not being heard, but they're them themselves don't speak up. Right. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are vocal, I think that they are being heard. 
their their experiences are being taken into consideration. And not because she's here, but Dr. Moore was awesome as our principal. <laughs> oh my Wonder Wendy. Everybody out there is Wonder Wendy. Dub 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 dub. Yeah, but this is the thing. It it really has a lot to do with who's at, at front, right? Your Correct. administration. Who's the leader? If your yes. administration, if you have good administration, people who are willing to listen to you, which you, I could always go to her. And even now, sometimes, you know, I'm like, <laughs> send her an email. Hey, can I ask you a question about this? But that has a lot to do with not just giving us as parents power, yeah. but giving our kids power. Because I know that she would always listen. That's to good. Me. And my kids, you know, um, love her. They, they were very sad to see her go. We were all very sad to see, but we know that she's got lots of great things <laughs> to do. Um, but yeah, it, it has a lot to do with who's, who's the, the administration. A lot. Yeah, the, the kids know the real and what they gravitate to is authentic and genuine. So if you express that and you emote that, they're going to gravitate to it. So yeah, we're joking about your answer, but if it's truth, it's truth. And it will Dub dub, you have to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it's we, we were mentioning earlier. You know, you you have a safe environment. For Correct. Them. They feel welcome. They feel loved. They feel that sense of community, yes. and that's what Grimes is for them. It's mm -hmm. been somewhere where they. I mean, my kids have never said, "I don't want to go to school." Oh, wow. yay! Sorry for getting emotional, mm -hmm. but it is. That's you know, good. they like being in school. So, and I know that has a lot to do with not just the administration, with all the teach everybody, everybody. You know yeah. that allows them, gives them that mm -hmm. space to be able to speak up if they feel comfortable. That's good. So I do think that my kids felt have felt heard mm -hmm. when they have spoken up or when they've taken that initiative because there are some that are like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. mom, can you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think and even with that, you said something else, that it wasn't just the administration, it's the teachers, yes. it's the staff. Everybody. It's everyone yes. on these campuses has has to have a vested interest in these students. We're here because of the kids, right? Yes, so yes. Um, you're not just a custodian. You're not just an attendance tech. You're not just a library and media tech. You're, you're not just. Correct. You're not just a substitute, right? You are a person who has the ability to impact the child on a daily basis. And for that, you're not just. Mm -hmm. You're not just. I, I just think the issue is most people define themselves by their title. And it shouldn't be the case. Your title doesn't define you. Uh, you're just as value whether you're a custodian or a CTO. You're a person, and you should value everybody as a human being, whether it's a staff member or a kid. So, absolutely. I do have a question for you, because um, Dr. Moore, Tiffany, and I, along with some other directors, uh, we were at a county um, county uh, event uh, looking at the data and seeing the low scores of our African-American students uh, and seeing the high uh, rate as far as not attendance and being uh, uh, disciplined. Uh, and we're assuming just by the data, we're like, we're not, we haven't yet talked to the kids. We want to do empathy interviews, but we also want to just hear from a parent and you are a therapist. Like what is your opinion or what is your assumption? Why? our African-American students are not doing as well or just because uh, I, yeah, I went to school. I went to, uh, um, as far as my schooling uh, in uh, college, it was, I was, it was probably 2% black and most of the blacks were athletes. So it's, uh, you really don't 
interact and engage with people who look like you and connect with you. So you're almost like on an island. So I know how I wasn't engaged in certain aspects, but I just want you to share what are you, what are your opinions? We want to hear from a parent. Oh, but the question that you asked me makes me want to like operate out of a different space. Well, any space you (laughs) operate, I'm just the the student. I think the question that you're asking is so much bigger than just like, what is Colton Joint Unified? not doing right yeah, yeah. you know i mean like that's why why are why are um african-american boys diagnosed with conduct disorder and you know other and other disorders along that line mm-hmm. a much higher rate Correct. than their counterpoints as opposed to being diagnosed with adhd or something like that mm-hmm. why you know so many other things you mm-hmm. know, why are we making up you know um such a large portion of the prison population and such a small portion of the world, the, yes. the, the city yes. population, yes. you know, why is the, the second largest population of African-Americans living in San Quentin, mm-hmm. you know, whereas the first population is in LA, mm-hmm. the next largest population of African-Americans you will mm-hmm. find in one place is in San Quentin. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well. So this is a huge problem. This is not just like, we need to have more assemblies or, but, but I think, um, one major thing that we can do is have initiatives that hire more black teachers that promote more black administrators that, you know, um, contract with local community organizations to have strategic partnerships that come in and do work with African-American students because I would have a hard time believing that it is because our students can't learn. Correct. 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 Um, So that leads me to believe that they're not being met or they're not being touched in a way that is impactful. Mm -hmm. And so that is the job of the educator to figure out what else we can do more to reach them in a way that is impactful. That's not the job of the parent, really. That's not the job of the student, really. We can see, you know, we can put in our votes and, you know, you guys listen and you come up with something and we say, oh, that works, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we can support in reaching out strategically or like myself, this is why the youth empowerment program I'm trying to bring to Colton Joy Unified because I believe that there needs to be strategic and targeted efforts to reach um, African-American students Mm -hmm. and in a way that values their culture and their family units and their histories. And I think that is how, you know, the most, the most impactful metaphors for people are the ones that they think of themselves. The most relatable stories, the most, it's like inception, you know, like you can try to put a whole bunch of ideas in people's heads, but the ideas that stick and the ideas that change them or change their minds are the ones that they thought of because they came from them. So they're mm-hmm. just, they're already invested. They're mm-hmm. already invested in them because it's a part of them. And so, you know, more, why don't, I mean, where are our BSUs in Colton Joint Unified? Okay. We so, a couple. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. so, oh, you said so many great things. So, strategic, targeted, intentionality. Like it has to be an investment that we have as staff members, as district officials, as administrators, as students. Like we have to be invested in us. 
and I'm speaking as an African American woman. Sorry, you are. So, <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to be invested, in, but it needs to be strategic. We yes. need to really look at the data. We really need to look at it and and for what it is that we need to do better. And so if we're not doing that and we're not being real, then we're never going to get to a space where our students are improving. That's good. That was amazing what you said. It That's has good. to be intentional and it has to be strategic and targeted. Um, and we don't have a choice, right? So it's no secret, right? Our district is in differentiated assistance for our African-American population, for their ELA scores, math scores, for chronic absentee, for suspensions, expulsions. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Bringing in other organizations. You have a plethora of African-American um, staff members in the district. You have a lot of African-American staff members in the district. You also have some that are part of Divine Nine organizations. Mm-hmm. We can bring that in. We do have BSUs. Bloomington High School has a BSU. You have Grand Terrace High School that has a BSU. And you have um, students at Colton High School who are a collective. So we have students. They have meetings. Do they know each other? Do the kids from Bloomington High School, Grand Terrace High School, Colton High School, do they know one another, right? So I think just uh, we need to be more familial. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm glad that you ended it by saying familial because that, like, the most basic unit, you know, of our society, like, if we're not looking at the condition of the black family, then we're not going to understand the breakdowns that are happening for Black people um, as individuals, as students, as workers, as whatever they are, you know, and so a lot of, a a lot of, you know, old data that I looked at, you know, when we're talking about like gangs and things like that, people want to feel a family environment. People want to feel loved and accepted unconditionally, you know, for who they are and what they are. And if that is if that is the only place that they can get that, well, they're not going to find that. That's right. If they're not finding that in school Correct. when they're youth, and if they're not finding that, you know, within their own household, then we see what we see, you know, in the data. We see not attending school. We see dropouts. We see poor test scores, or you know, all of the other things. Belonging. Yeah, because if you're isolated, you eventually feel like you have no hope. If you have nobody to connect with and go through even the struggles together, the highs and the lows. So if you're doing it isolated, you're always going to just feel like that nobody's there with you and you give up and you make no effort and you're not engaged. And where do we find that hope? Like, is it just us? It can't, it can't always be intrinsically. Like we need people on the outside to feel that hope and, and dream for us. We can't dream for ourselves when we don't see it in ourselves. So, We need that. We, we need that. There's a bunch of programs that are out there that just are not connected to our students. You know, like the fire department has their academy, mm-hmm. the police department has their academy. And strategically, the school district can say, we would like the police, the, some black police officers to go to talk to our black students and show this is how you make it there. This is an option for you. You can be a firefighter. You can be an EMT. You can do this. These are the people who are doing it. Be their mentee, be their, mm-hmm. you know, get their number, follow their Instagram, whatever, just because we're, we're fighting against whatever other reflections they're seeing every single day, yeah. you know, they're on Instagram, you know, that screen time is out of control. <laughs> so we have to be on there too. Like, 
are our instant are the are the school district Instagram accounts posting and engaging? Mm-hmm. You know, do yes. we have social media manager content? Like we got to think about where they're at and where they're at. Each episode of the hashtag CJUSD Chats podcast will feature our own CJUSD students discussing what student voice means to them. So when we asked, what does student voice mean to you? Here is what they said. To me, student voice means providing others the opportunity to share their experiences or their insight onto different activities that, or topics that may affect them in their daily life or in their school life. It's important to be able to share your experiences with others as it provides insight onto what we may do to create a better campus, a better environment, or a more welcoming environment for each of our students here. Not only does it provide us with insight onto things we might improve, but it also might provide us with insight onto things that we're doing correctly and things that we should continue to do in practice. For it, it's easy to brush over or gloss over uh, certain details which may be important if you don't have the opportunity to hear from multiple sources, thus giving students a voice would be essential to success. So before we close, let's get into our fast two. So um, let's start off with you, Claudia. What is the favorite activity you would like to do with your children? <laughs> uh, I think we like really like um, movie nights. Okay. Uh, yeah. Going to the movies as a family. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. That and actually now that I think about it too is more dinner. Mm-hmm. We love to do dinner together, mm-hmm. going out and all that. It, it's a rule at my house that if you're at the house, we all sit at the table, yes. yeah. have dinner together, family, have conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Those would probably be the two activities, having dinner together. The kids love to go out to eat yeah, yeah, yeah. and going to the movies together. That's really good. How about you, Vicky? Um, I will say first and foremost, reading. Mm-hmm. Because reading is a joy mm-hmm. of mine. And I feel like you can go anywhere, you can read anything. But also... Um, my kids are like my assistant associates in all of the community work that I do. Nice. That's good. I got a 10 year old with a clipboard telling her girls where to set up, you know? So that's one of my favorite, favorite yeah. things to see yeah. because it's like, here she goes. She's yeah. going to do it. She's yeah. going to be it. And the other day, my 10 year old, my niece was like, I don't know what career I'm going to pick. I don't know. I'm not really quite a business type person. And she goes, well, Jada, if you're not going to be a businesswoman, what kind of woman are you going to be? Oh. <laughs> uh, there's an expectation <laughs> now. <laughs> wow. I'm like, all right, Tim. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, Vicky, we'll ask you this last one. If your child or if your children could get a free scholarship to any school, which school and why? Uh, my oldest one wants to go to MIT. Oh, wow. Uh, she is. She's an amazing person. I try not to say too much about her because I know it's always going to be like, man, mm. that's your kid. You're bragging. But mm. she started. She, she She's not bragging. <laughs> she, so she skipped the fifth grade. And then from there, she entered into this dual. She entered into a college, uh, early college admittance program yeah. at Cal State LA. Uh-huh. She skipped all of high school. She started at Cal State LA when she was 12 years old. What? what? Right now, she is um, a sophomore in college. She's. 14. Um, she's in the honors. A part of this program is that she has to be in the honors college, which means she has to maintain a 3.5 GPA or higher. 
She also is a part of this program called NASA Minds, where she's mm. building a superconductor. Like, I, I don't no. know. The, the details oh, of it, it's above me. No. <laughs> but she's um, an amazing, amazing person. So, MIT, if you're listening, Alana <laughs> <laughs> wants to go. Give us a call. That's her number one choice. That's wow. good. All right. How about you, Claire? You get a free scholarship for your kids. Um, to be honest, I. I don't know where I have not had that conversation with my eighth grader or my sixth grader. Where do they want to go to school? I know that she wants to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. My eighth grader wants to be a teacher. She loves art. So something like teaching kids art. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that would be for mm-hmm. her to have a scholarship, you know? Um, and my little one, Mateo, he says that he wants to be a firefighter. Oh, so that's good. I don't yeah. know where that would. That's good. So I don't, I don't know. That's a tough one. Somewhere close. Well, uh, thank you both for playing our fast too. Um, and I just want to thank you both for just uh, being or participating with this podcast, not only you two, but Tiffany and Dr. Moore. She was actually talking, so we, we were appreciative of that since she's a silent type. Um, but before we uh, hop off, do you guys have any shout-outs you want to give before we get off? Uh, yeah, of course. I want to shout-out Anessa Mouton. She's at Ruth Grimes mm-hmm. Middle School. She's awesome. Um, she got all fours on her report card. This oh. so go, Anessa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also just want to shout out you guys for having me, for considering me, for, you know, um, creating a space where if somebody didn't feel heard, they feel heard at this table because That's it was good. all about hearing what we had to say. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And I've known Dr. Moore for like, we won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. How about you, Claudia? Um, a shout out to the staff at Ruth Grimes. They do go above and beyond to help our, our kids. And I know that with the transition that you know our school's going through, it's a little difficult, but we feel them. And also to Dr. Moore, she's wonderful. Uh, I'm biased. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm biased. Shout out to Dr. Moore. No, she's uh, also doing great. I'm sorry, that, but at the district, I know that she's really I doing see what her she cry. can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to Dr. Mark. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Dub Dub. Dr. Moore and I have been down for many, many, many years. Back in high school. So, uh, Tiffany, any shout outs other than Dr. Moore? I love my staff at Slover Mountain High School, um, where you can't spell Slover without love. Uh, and so, um, and definitely APAC. Yes. APAC, the African American Parent Advisory Committee. Um, that committee is amazing. You all do a wonderful job in trying to get um, not only our students and our parents, but also staff involved. And, um, you know, as grassroots as it can be, we're definitely trying to make sure that we are inclusive of all, but that we really, really, really pay attention to our African American students and intentionally. Um, get them in spaces where they can see themselves and post-secondary options for their future. So, That's thank good. you. And lastly, Dr. Moore, our lovely Dr. Moore, any shout-outs from you? No, I just want to shout-out to you and your team for providing this space for to, to capture voices across the district. So this is this is very unique, and I think that the ladies have shared a lot that's going to impact our district in a lot of levels. So thank you. Oh, that's very professional of her. Thank you. <laughs> Jamal, do you have any uh, shout-outs? 
I just want to shout out love to all the people out there, the beautiful people out there. I just, let me hear my voice. I just look. <laughs> no, but I just thank the listeners. Hopefully this episode resonates with you and it uh, triggers something as far as being more involved as a parent or even as a student trying to uh, get other students engaged. And so we tackle tough issues and, um, even as a district, like take some of these key points that were uh, presented and apply them, not just have it just be a sounding board, but like just apply what we've heard. So thank you all. And uh, we'll see you on the next go round. Peace. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode of hashtag CJUSD chats featuring two of our wonderful CJUSD parents, Vicki and Claudia, who lent their voice to the podcast and had some incredible insights on parent involvement here at CJUSD. We hope you'll join us for our next episode coming soon.